the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. NASDAQ at Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. What's on your financial mind, we can talk about on a day-by-day basis. That's kind of what we do on this show. Not each and every day, but we try. We could talk about a veritable plethora of issues. Anything that you want to talk about, as long as there's some kind of tie towards investments. Talk about how the first quarter was up, the second quarter was up, the third quarter was up in the United States, even though we've been dealing with a bad headline risk of Europe, even though we've been dealing with tough headlines coming out of the United States and slowing. But we are a nation of consumers, and we're not Europe. We're not really an export country, so we're not sending a lot of stuff out of the country. Somewhat. Companies that do, companies like Ford, they are getting hurt. Rightfully so, wrongfully so, it's not the easiest thing in the world to say for sure. What sort of valuation you put on a company on a day-by-day basis, on a week-by-week, month-over-month. Companies like Nike and McDonald's and Ford, they do export. They are worldwide companies. They Should they be at 52-week highs? Yes, no, maybe so. If we're headed for a recession, why are companies like IBM sitting at 52-week highs? It is a conflict. It is not right. Something is wrong. Or IBM's telling you that things aren't as bad as people are talking about, per se. So we can talk about anything that you want to talk about. Some of the top stories of the day. Market was moving higher this morning. Upside bias rests in the central bank support. Following a really mixed session yesterday where we had better than expected market conditions, kind of a road as the day went on after a very defensive speech by Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke on monetary policy. But we had better than expected, and this is funny because sometimes it's better than feared manufacturing. Market tensions have turned down under after the Reserve Bank of Australia unexpectedly cut its cash rate 25 bips. 3.25%. BIPs, basis points, 100 basis points equals 1%. So Australia cut their lending cost to the bankers slightly, not as low as the United States. Again, more central bank stimulus. Rationale for the move stemmed from a belief that the growth outlook for the next year looked a little weaker. Inflation was expected to be consistent with their target. Weaker outlook was related to concerns about Europe's contraction slowdown in China, and modest growth in the United States. Australia, they need us. The Reserve Bank of Australia thinks things are not looking so great in the real economy. 
That view in connection to corporate earnings, however, not resonating for all participants. Same thing in the United States, right? Today we get corporate news out of Mosaic, and this is a tough one to read because of the drought in the United States. First and foremost, killing crops. But also the drought lowering the level of the Mississippi, and thus making it tougher to ship up and down the Mississippi River, said crops. So the mosaics, the potashes, the fertilizer companies, their genetic seed companies, their companies that are tied towards our food chain. Express cut its third quarter earnings per share guidance sharply. I saw an estimate for it. ho 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 Christmas. And it says United States Americans were going to spend four point one percent more this year than last year. That's not as sharp of an increase as we wanted. It's higher than the ten year average. So on one hand it's eh meh. You hope that's not the reaction when you take off your shirt in front of a loved one. Eh. On the other hand, it's better than the ten year average. Sweet. You hope that is the reaction of a loved one. You with me? You against me? Got to pick a side. Couple things that we could talk about today: the iPhone five, Samsung. Said the Apple iPhone 5 infringes on their patents. Samsung won the right to sell the Galaxy Tab 10.1 tablet computer in the United States, even though a judge has said that it's had some patent issues tied towards Apple. I could care less. I'm more interested in how the Google $99 tablet, that's the big rumor, how that plays out in the economy and the stock market. I'm intrigued by that. The iPad Mini, I'm intrigued by that. Patent lawsuits, not so much. Not so much. I'm not saying they're not important because absolutely sure they are. A couple other stories that we could talk about today. Housing prices up strongly. Measure of U.S. home prices jumped the most in six years, 4.6% in August compared to a year-ago level, the largest year-over-year increase in more than six years. Certainly we could talk about that. If you would like. Got a big event coming up tomorrow night. Wednesday night. Black Wednesday. Me and a couple other hosts from 1220 KDOW are going to be in Los Gatos at Palacio Restaurant. It's Latin cuisine. It's 115, 115 North Santa Cruz Avenue in Los Gatos. Lovely city. Um, a lot of us will be there. So if you have any financial questions, on whether it be on mortgages, real estate, reverse mortgages, finances, money investing, come on out. I'd love to meet you. I'm going to bring in a copy of Dividend Stocks for you. So again, it's tomorrow night, 5 to 7 p.m. Palacio Restaurant, October 3rd in Los Gatos, 115 North Santa Cruz. You can sign up for free. There's no sign up. I'd love for you to come out. Following Saturday, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday, I'm doing some Money 101 and some uh, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning events. You can find out more about that at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. That's going to be in San Jose near the airport, but you do have to sign up for those Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning, 9 to noon, Radisson Hotel, San Jose Airport. In the afternoon, it's going to be more about wealth creation, Money 101, all things financial. 
go over investing, I go over insurance, 401ks, my portfolio, what I hold and why. The morning is more so for people heading towards retirement, people in retirement. The afternoon is more so people trying to create wealth, trying to start saving. A lot of basic information, a lot of hardcore resources, a lot of stuff that should help you. Again, three events tomorrow night, going to be in Los Gatos. October 13th, going to be in San Jose. Black Wednesday tomorrow night, Los Gatos. I'll talk about that throughout the day at Palicio Restaurant from 5 to 7 p.m. A couple Saturdays from now in San Jose, Radisson Hotel. You're going to Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Every DJ, everyone who works in radio loves that song, Last DJ, because they think they're the last DJ. I promise I will be replaced at some point in time by a faster, smarter, cheaper Rob Black 2.0. They're working on the software right now as we speak, I'm sure. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Shocking. A man who cheats on his maid. Like, shocking, right? He's not coming across terribly terribly well. Uh, Ford U.S. September light vehicle sales fell two-tenths of a percent. They're expected to be up 2.3%. A lot of car news today. Toyota reported September sales increase of 41%. Above expectations, 32%. How did Toyota report sales that strong? Well, you remember last year they got hit by tsunami. This year they're recovering from said hit. We have an update on the markets, but it's fading, which is what you do not want to see if you're bullish. SP 500 up one, NASDAQ up eight, Dow down 21. Joining me now, certified financial planner Chad Burton. He is with New Focus Financial. You can find them online at newfocusfinancial.com. One of the areas that I find to be intriguing, again, there's a lot of components that go into retirement. There's mortgages and, and investing, and there's insurance, and there's budgeting. It, mortgages, 30-year uh, versus 15-year, paying it off early, don't pay it off early. Let's talk about one of the greatest arguments that I've had in financial radio is I don't ever prepay a mortgage until I'm wealthy. What's your thoughts on that statement? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Your house is going to go up and down in value regardless of how much you put into it. And then especially if you're buying in areas like you know, the Bay Area, yeah. where there could be an earthquake at any time, that type of level of risk, I want the bank in on it with me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Because the worst thing that could happen to you is you could end up uh, you know, walking away from that deal with really bad credit for a while. <laughs> so, and that's better than... Or a tax bill. If you know, Right now, if, uh, if you walk away a short sale a home on your primary mortgage, it's not going to be taxable in the past. It has been, so... Something that people don't acknowledge is they, they look at a mortgage and the first four letters are mort. You know, it's, it's death. It's not a positive word. And I think it's a, it's a fantastic word because where record rates were in, in low mortgage rates, that's heaven. Mm-hmm. You get to tax deduct some of your income off the interest. That's amazing. That's a huge benefit of a mortgage. Um, you get to write off the interest against your taxable income. That's, that's nice. Again, maybe that'll last forever. Maybe it won't last forever. But a mortgage is a cheap cost of money, Chad. Yeah. It doesn't readjust for inflation. And a lot of what you talk about is 
crap that readjusts for inflation. Like a hundred thousand dollars in cost will be two hundred thousand because it's readjusted for inflation. Your mortgage, your payment, three thousand a month, four thousand a month, it's the same. It doesn't readjust for inflation. And if it did, it, it would be a horrible product, but it doesn't. Well, and let's talk about the 15-year for a minute because 2011 was kind of a year where I first started saying, hey, you know, you should probably look at a 15-year mortgage to right. some people. Absolutely run the numbers. Because you can you can sit there and you can take your 30-year, which might have, you know, 15 or 20 years left, refinance to a 15-year, possibly pay it off sooner. But, again, that's that's because it's already going to be paid off in a shorter period of time or you're used to that payment. Um, I consistently find in states like Oregon and California where I have clients – the people that go into retirement with a mortgage, which can still be a deduction on your state income tax return, okay, um, and the people that have long-term care insurance, which also can create tax deductions for you, they end up paying less in state income taxes. So as long as your mortgage is over 150, 180,000, but if your mortgage is under that, you're not really getting much of a bang for your buck anymore because right. the the mortgage interest deduction is so small, it's almost the same thing as if you just do what's called a standard deduction and you're not writing off your interest. So you know, if, if people right now, your mortgage is only around $200,000, by all means, get it paid off by the time you retire because it's not really going to be a tax deduction for you anyways. It's a pretty powerful tool. There's an investor named Mullenkamp. Do you remember Mullenkamp? Yeah. yeah. He wrote an article about mortgages back in the 70s, and, and the theory that he threw out there was uh, it's not your home that goes up or down in value. It's the value of the mortgage that goes up or down in value. And it's a concept that most people just don't get, but... I, I think it's genius, and it, it changes the way people approach real estate in my mind once you once you grasp that concept. Yeah, it's not the. I mean, it's the affordability of the, the affordability mortgage of the that mortgage. determines the price of the home, and so the affordability of the mortgage is run by two issues: interest rates and wage inflation. So it's not, you know, it, it well location can come into play a little bit too, but if interest rates are super high, even the location doesn't matter. So I'm not big on the whole uh, mortgage burning book at the end of the 30 years, like. Uh, my parents, they wanted to burn their mortgage book, you know, the, the coupons, the payments that they sent in. They'd have a mortgage-burning party. Mm-hmm. I think it's the most powerful tool on the planet. It, it even allows me to sell my real estate without selling it by taking out another mortgage against it. So I think it's it's unbelievably flexible, and it should be a word that inspires awe, not fear. Right, and there's a certain way to look at financial planning, and some people look at it, I want to maximize every dollar, and that's my number one goal. There's other people that look at it and say, this is, what I want money to do for me is to simplify my life and my family's life. So some people could say, I want my mortgage paid off because that's what makes me feel comfortable in retirement. It may not be the best use of each dollar, but it makes them feel comfortable. And there's a lot to be said for being as comfortable as possible and having as few payments in retirement. Some people, that's their main goal. And, and so don't be ashamed if your goal is to pay off your house. But um, just realize that it might not be the most maximum use of each dollar. Absolutely. And again, I, if you're poor, pay off your mortgage because you have a mortgage on a trailer and it's 18%. And if you're super wealthy, pay it off because it's an inconvenience to send in a mortgage payment. And everyone else should should, should let it go. Just pay it on time is the, is the trick and the important thing. You're listening to me, Rob Black, with CFP Chad Burton. You can find Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. So some other stories out there. U.S. office vacancy rates falls to an almost three-year low. I think that's both positive and negative, right? Positive in the sense that corporate America is working. Positive if you own a REIT. Negative if you don't own an office space and you're trying to get in. Office vacancies dropped their lowest level in almost three years. The demand from energy and tech companies combined with a dearth of construction. 
So, again, another one of the negatives. Vacancy rates are low because no one's building office properties. Vacancy rates are low. Landlords are happy. Vacancy rates are low. You get the whole idea. A total of 17.1% of the country's office space sat empty as of September 30th, down from 17.4% a year earlier. Demand for office space is strongest in cities with tech and energy firms. Cities like San Francisco. Cities like San Jose. Houston and Austin, Texas, New York, Seattle, and Boston. Vacancies as also have been driven down by 2.84 million square feet of space being added in the third quarter. That's equivalent to only a handful of medium-sized office buildings in the nation. Got a couple events coming up. I want to see you out and about. Tomorrow I'm going to hand out a list of dividend stocks for anyone who shows up and says hello to me at the Policio Restaurant. In Los Gatos from 5 to 7, it's Black Wednesday off the cuff. Me and a lot of the other hosts are going to come mingle, pass out business cards. Uh, you can talk money management with me. You can talk investing, bring a copy of your portfolio, bring a copy, leave it with me, give me a couple days. I'll get back to you with some notes and thoughts on it. Uh, October 3rd from 5 to 7 p.m. Learn more at kdow.biz. Learn more about me at robblack.com. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. If you have any questions, pick up the phone, give me a call, 800 516 1220. That's 800 516 1220 to get your calls on the news, on the show. Give me any sort of commentary you want to throw my way. I will uh, gladly you know, chat you up about it. Do we agree, disagree? It doesn't really matter. We're allowed to disagree. I'm not one of those people who has to be right. I don't play that game. Don't want to play that game. I've never played that game. Look, this market's going to humble me and you at some point in time. I think you know it. I think I know it. So the best way to play it is to know something bad will happen. Something that you're not expecting, and you got to go with that. Um, the less cocky you get, potentially the better. So I think that most people ultimately fail because they do get a little bit ahead of themselves when it comes to investing. They buy stuff that they don't understand. They buy stuff that they think they want. They don't look at valuations. They don't understand that the true investor learns how to compare stocks. Not so much try to be right, but learn to compare. You never want to buy a stock at an all-time high unless you've got 10, 20, 30, 40 years left, which most people don't. A lot of people think that they uh, have to buy a stock today. Hey, Facebook's come public. I must do it. What you must do is be patient. That's the number one thing you can do is be patient. Chase nothing. Chase love. Chase passions. If you like chilly weather, if you like walking uphill, if you like expensive real estate, expensive rentals, 
than you would love, San Francisco. It's got a fewer than a million people living in the city. It's a coastal city. It packs so much punch from huge, wonderful restaurants, museums, community fairs, music festivals. Most people are pretty well educated, improved economy. Business Week today referred to it as the best city in 2012. Congratulations, San Francisco. Now, Business Week does something kind of interesting. They team up with a lot of partners to look at the data. Leisure attributes like restaurants, bars, libraries, museums, professional sports teams, park acres by population, education attributes, economic factors like income and unemployment, crime and air quality. So it's a pretty nice city. I highly recommend it for two to three years of your life. Uh, that's okay. It's okay. You know, it's, it's something that I could give a big thumbs up to. A lot of young techies that have driven up the cost of living there. Average rent for a studio apartment. Uh, runs at over $2,000. As the city has grown wealthier, it's lost some of its grit. Uh, it still does have one of the largest populations of homeless people. Um, second on the list, Seattle. Fifth on the list, Portland. San Diego, ninth. L.A., 50th. New York City, 7th. What was interesting, Virginia Beach and Chesapeake. Virginia both rose on the list. Um... I don't know. Sometimes you run out of content inside of a story. I do want people to uh, appreciate where they live. A measure of home prices in the United States jumped 4.6% in August compared with a year ago level. Steady price increases combined with greater home sales and rising builder confidence suggest the housing recovery may be sustainable from here. I own real estate. I like real estate. I don't love real estate, but I like it. I own stocks. I like stocks. I don't love them. Housing prices are rising in most areas of the United States. Housing market gains are increasingly positive. Biggest increases in Arizona, Idaho, Nevada, Utah, and Hawaii. Prices up 18% in Arizona. Big decline in home prices still happening in Rhode Island, Illinois, New Jersey, Alabama, and Connecticut. So the bubble burst on housing five years ago. Um, I think that's about all I could say about that story. I think if I say anything else, it's just stretching it, right? New movie service startup, which is intriguing. Um, movie industry is declining as far as attendance goes. Why? Because it's expensive as all heck to go to a movie in this day and age. And it's threatening studios and exhibitors. In comes a startup that can help. A company called MoviePass. It's tied towards people who love Movies. Instead of paying more than $10 each time you go to the theater, Movie Pass is an all-you-can-eat subscription service for people who love movies. It's a new model for obtaining movie tickets instead of printing and bringing vouchers to movie theaters. If you're in the private beta of this company, you'll have access to a mobile app and prepaid debit cards for purchasing tickets as part of your subscription. You pay an upfront subscription fee to Movie Pass, which lets you watch basically as many movies as you want during the month. 
There's a limit of one 2D movie per day. So you can only watch one movie per day. Membership pricing differs depending on the market that a user lives. Typical movie price is nearby. But you can get a subscription now for 25 bucks a month. If you live inside of a city like New York or L.A., it's going to be more like 40 bucks a month. But average is going to be about $29. So you can check out the company if you want. It's a company called Movie Pass. When the subscribers want to watch a movie, you typically go to the movie theater. Once you get there, you open up Movie Pass app. You choose the movie that you want to see, and automatically funds are added to the Movie Pass debit card, which they then use to purchase tickets, just like any other debit or credit card. It's an app. It's once again showing you that money's going away as far as the way you use it. It has its advantages of most all you can use or all-you-can-eat buffet subscription models. If you go to movies more often, you spend more on concessions, which is where the theaters actually make their money. Movie theaters are a little bit freaked out by the concept because it devalues the pricing power that they believe they have. Once again, showing you kind of a fun idea. Will it work? Remember Webvan? Webvan was one of those companies that, well, Webvan had their food delivery service, but there was one called Bongo where you basically could send, and it may have lasted a day, you could send anyone anything you want. So let's say your girlfriend was homesick from work. You could send her like two pints of ice cream and a DVD rental and they'd deliver it. What? How did that work? How did that succeed? Who got that idea out there? You with me? You against me. Uh, did a little camping this weekend. Brought out the animal in me, so to speak. I know you're saying, did you kill anything? No. <laughs> did you cook stuff? Yeah. I uh, I so love getting away from my phone for four days. I don't know about you, but love it. Love it. Samsung said Apple's iPhone 5 infringes on its patents, escalating a global fight over mobile devices. Is that kind of like a big yawn for you? A little bit of a big yawn. IP, intellectual property court, deciding who's going to sell and who's not and who stole from who and who didn't. Didn't it? They just banned the sale of the Samsung tablet, and why is it being sold in America if you just lost that? Like, it's getting a little brutal. It's like dull. Jamba shares up. Jamba's one of those companies that you go, how come they're not making more money? How come their stock stinks? For years and years and years and years and years, you go in there and there's always a line. And they sell ridiculously priced drinks. So their shares are up today. Return on investment capital starting to look good. Company's speaking about some worldwide growth opportunities. Exceptional brand franchise. 
Some companies franchise really well. Some just do it very poorly. They did it very, very poorly to start. Will I look at the company? Down the road, maybe. John Wiley said they're going to pay $220 million to buy DellTech.edu, a specialist in higher education online learning services. So publishers going into the learning business online. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. Analysts are saying the iPhone 5 yields are moving in a positive direction. Saying the phone's not easy to build, but in the short term, they see some very powerful things happening in their product cycle. Going to do a Black Wednesday tomorrow night. Your only chance to see me on a Black Wednesday, October 3rd, tomorrow night, in Los Gatos Palacio Restaurant. 5 to 7 p.m. You can learn more at kdow.biz. That's kdow.biz. I do these meet and greets first Wednesday of every month. Just a good chance for everyone at the station to come down and see our audience. Bring a copy of your portfolio. I'll do a quick review. Leave it with me, and I'll uh, send you out some notes on it. Give me your email address. I'll destroy it afterwards. Sign up at robblack.com. That's Rob Black. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM twelve twenty KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. So we talk all things financial on the show. Anything that you want to talk about, you can talk about eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. Taking a look today, uh, you know we got a little bit of uh, earnings on Mosaic. Retailer Express says uh, we're cutting earnings expectations. It seems to be a market of winners and losers. Holidays expectations for spending up 4.1% this year. I think it's a little too early to really predict that. Oil price is sitting at $92.93 a barrel. That's one of the things that drives retail. Gilead Science, ticker symbol G-I-L-D, hit its all-time high. Amgen. They recently hit their all-time high. One of the things you could say about biotech companies is, let's face it, we need that cure for cancer in a good economy. We need that cure for cancer in a bad economy, i.e., we need that cure for cancer, right? Auto sales out today, good, not great, depending on the company, depending on the exposure to Europe. Ford, a lot of exposure. Chrysler, not so much. Chrysler, better quarter. Better month than Ford. Apple's in the news today. Being sued by Samsung over the iPhone 5. Apple's in the news today as an analyst is saying, look, they're going to sell a lot of these things. They're still making them, and they're getting better at it. Citigroup switched their earnings and their ratings expectations on two U.S. home builders. They cut KB Homes to sell from neutral, and they upgraded Lennar to neutral from sell. Basically, the analyst has boosted his expectations for housing starts by 10% for 2012 through 2014. But the risks to home builders haven't been yet reflected in their price. There are risks. Strict bank underwriting standards making mortgage loans tougher to get for new home buyers. But you want to see tough, go try to buy a short sale, go try to buy a foreclosed home. It ain't easy. So the process is very profitable at this point in time for banks because they're being incredibly choosy about who they uh, give a loan to. Lennar rose by a third, up 33% since early June.
but it started to underperform its peers, which is telling you that you know this is a sector that's really roaring at this point in time. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about 800-516-1220. Do you like it when Chad Burton sits in for me, or would you rather run a best of? I'd prefer to have a live show, as I think most people would. But if you really, really don't like his voice or don't like financial planning, let me know. You can always give me a call, 800-516-1220. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Credit Suisse upgraded U.S. banks to overweight from uh, their benchmark. They said two key drivers of, uh, are, are tied towards this, loan growth and asset quality. So Credit Suisse upgrades U.S. banks. I like the call. Uh, they like J.P. Morgan. They like Wells Fargo. I like both those companies. They like Huntington Bank shares. Valuations and provision are amongst the risks cited by Credit Suisse. But uh, one-third of all mortgages are now processed through Wells Fargo. Like, are you kidding me? It's crazy, right? Going to be doing an event tomorrow night, 5 to 7. I'm going to be handing out a list of dividend stocks, as well as if you bring your portfolio to Black Wednesday in Los Gatos. Hang around with me, 5 to 7, other KDOW hosts, and then have some dinner. It uh, should be a good event. Bring a copy of your portfolio. I'll take a look at it, review it, drop an email and some notes about it. I'm going to go over some dividend stocks as well. Look forward to seeing you out tomorrow, Black Wednesday, from 5 to 7. A couple Saturdays from now, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. Going to be in San Jose at the Radisson Hotel. Uh, I'm doing an event from 1 to 4 for new investors, wealth creation. Chad Burton's doing a financial uh, wealth preservation retirement planning event. Uh, big gear to do this. Uh, sign up for both events or one of it at robblack.com. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Last week we heard a horrible rumor. It was brought up in the media outlets as truth, as fact, that there was going to be a bacon shortage inside the United States. It was told to us that Europeans suddenly getting feelings for their pigs who, I know some pigs who are smarter than some of my friends. Seriously. I met someone this year whose sister is on disability. And she doesn't want to come off disability. And I was like, I know pigs smarter than your sister. Like, why would you not want to come off disability? Did you hear this alarming statistic this morning? Congressional Research Service has found that 2,400 people in 2009 who received unemployment benefits were from households with an annual income of $1 million or more. The report was released after about 1.1 million people exhausted their jobless benefits during the second quarter of 2012, when more than 4.6 million filed initial unemployment claims, eliminating those payments to high earners is one idea being considered as lawmakers struggle to curb a projected $1.1 trillion deficit. Sitting millionaires and unemployment check is a case study in out-of-control spending. Providing welfare to the wealthy undermines the program for those who need it. I think, doesn't that, isn't that where we start first and foremost? Doesn't this nation, instead of needing a CEO, i.e. president, don't we need a CFO to take a look at what we're spending and why and where? 
the average unemployed Americans out of work for nearly 40 weeks straight now. Congressional researchers are saying it's possible that IRS figure underestimate the number of households that receive unemployment insurance because the first 2,400 in benefits not taxed. It's now taxed, but that's as of 2009. Housing prices in the United States jump in the month of August by the most in six years. Makes you feel good, right? Things that make you feel good. This is according to a company called CoreLogic. Average home prices jumped 4.6%, largest increase in more than six years. Six straight monthly gain. Sweet. I own real estate. How's markets begun to rebound after five years after the bubble hit? Remember I told you I met someone whose sister was on disability and she likes being on disability? Even though she doesn't have a car? Even though... Her life is very simple. She won't even consider taking a job at a company like a Target. So anyway, I started the segment by telling you about the horrible news and rumor mongering about bacon shortages. I jumped into the Europeans and how they're gestation crates and being nice to pigs. And I know pigs smarter than some people. You know the investment angle on this? Since that story was reported, Smithfield Foods has jumped from 18 bucks a share to 20 bucks a share. Yes, you could play bacon. It's kind of funny, right? Interesting to say the least. No? No? I thought it was. What do you got for me today? Wow, Virgin America dropped San Francisco fares into 2013. You can fly one way on Virgin for 59 bucks from San Francisco to L.A., Portland for 79. Like, that's crazy talk. And then you got companies like American who, would you book on American right now? Their pilots are kind of like intentionally being late for work. They don't like what's happening with the union, so they're kind of taking it out on the passengers, and the passengers are taking it out on the company. I don't like that. I don't like my pilots playing cute little games. I like my pilots to sound like well, until recently, I like my pilots sound like Clint Eastwood. Now they're talking to a chair. I'm a little bit more worried. But anytime you get on a plane and the pilot says, or, you know, he just has that air of confidence. You're like, I love him. I love him. Air of confidence. Um, auto sales were a little mixed today, depending on which auto company you were. Deutsche Telekom said they're near a deal to buy Metro PCS to increase their scale of its T-Mobile USA division. You know what's funny? In the last couple years as a nation, and I, I think this happened while people were asleep, in the last couple of years, well, in our lifetime, we've gone from a landline that you paid for local minutes, every phone call, to long-distance minutes with free local minutes, to a bundled package of unlimited long-distance to your phone where you initially got basically unlimited data and all you can eat minutes, you know, uh, was kind of like a 300 minutes a month. That became 1,000 minutes a month. That became 3,000. Now you get unlimited free minutes on the phone, on cell phone, but you have to pay for the data. Interesting the way it's all changed, right? 
So Metro PCS up 23% on the news. Of course they're going to get acquired. Of course. Deutsche Telekom used to be a German phone monopoly. AT&T tried to pick them up. Verizon Wireless are the two big boys, or as I like to refer to them, biggins. T-Mobile does not have the right to sell Apple iPhone. They're trying to position themselves as a more affordable alternative Verizon, AT, and Sprint. Interesting. See? Oh, no. See? No. So stocks a little changed today. We had an up first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. We're in the fourth quarter now, October, November, December. We've gotten through back to school, BTS, BTS, BTS. Now we deal with Christmas. Expectations are for an up 4.1% in spending, which I'll be honest with you, that's a good guess at best. Now, with that said, we'll see how oil prices play out in the next month. We'll see how the presidential election plays out. I think most uh, polls that I see has Obama leading Romney with an 18-point advantage amongst women. Republican challenger Mitt Romney. He's going to have to really change up his uh, last month if he has any chance, it looks like. Obama's support amongst women says the incumbent holding a 49 to 45% edge over Romney. Obama leads 56% to 38% amongst women, though. The swing votes aren't states right now, they're women. That's what's winning the election hands down. Romney leads amongst men 52% to 42%. Independent voters still divided, 47% back in Romney and 45% Obama. Don't you wish we had more than two parties? We need a fun party, an old age party, a communist party. We need more voters. More people vote in American Idol than for the presidential election. You're listening to me, Rob Black. Got a Black Wednesday event if you want to fly in from Seattle. Come on out. I'm going to be in Los Gatos tomorrow night from 5 to 7. You can learn more at kdow.biz, kdow.biz. Black Wednesdays are a chance for you, the public, to meet the professional hosts of KDOW. Uh, I'd love for you to come out. You can be at the Poyacho restaurant in Los Gatos tomorrow from 5 to 7. I always stay after, have a couple drinks, uh, dinner. Uh, a couple Saturdays from now, doing an event at Radisson in San Jose Airport. You can find out more about those events coming up October 13th at robblack.com. AM 1220. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money. On AM 1220, KDOW. So Google's bigger than Microsoft. First Apple, now Google. Microsoft, I'm not going to say is irrelevant, but from an investment standpoint, it's a nice dividend play. Bing's cute, but it's no Google. The Xbox is a success story. Microsoft should continue to focus on the TV as part of the future, because it sure isn't the desktop. Desktop's not going away. Laptop's not going away. But from an investment standpoint, we do like our growth. Home prices rise 4.6%. Six straight months now of rises, raises, ups, whatever you want to say. It's got to make you feel good. Motor vehicle sales for September. 
a solid number from most of the uh, makers, except for Ford. Ford's got probably the most to lose in Europe. Mark Andreessen says Marissa Mayer should fire 10,000 of the 18,000 Yahoo workers. That and much, much more on today's episode, huh? Pretty good episode, right? Drama-filled. Sex-laden. Talking Smithfield Foods and Bacon. SP 500 up one, the NASDAQ up eight, the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 31. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. He's on the show on a regular basis. You can always find him at newfocusfinancial.com. A lot of people want to hire CFPs, and I know one of the questions that you ask is, how much money do you have in stocks, bonds, what's your house worth, how much income do you have, how much income will you need in retirement? But one of the lines in your forms is, how much do you have in stock options? In the Bay Area, a lot of people are wealthy on stock options. Let's talk a little bit about planning with stock options. Well, yeah, stock options are, you know, have been a historically a pretty successful way to build wealth in the Bay Area, but they're one of the hardest things to plan for. And you have so many different, there's there's restricted stock options or RSUs, they're just grants that vest over time. Um, there's incentive stock options and non-qualified stock options. And the first step when it comes to stock options is, is teaching a person to treat them as income. Because really all they are is the company can't afford to pay you what they think you're worth necessarily. They want you to work harder so that you have future benefit in the company's share appreciation. So you've got to learn to treat your stock options as, as income. Don't treat it as a nest egg. Don't treat it as a home run. Don't treat it as anything but, like you said, you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket in retirement. Therefore, you have to diversify out of your stock options because they are income. Yeah, and, and especially you know if you're younger and you you get up to ten to fifteen percent of your net worth in these leveraged options and they don't expire for a long period of time and you think the company's doing extremely well, then fine. But even after that, there there comes a point where you've got to make the decision that as the option ages, the leverage drops and the downside risk is higher than the upside risk. And so really what, what we do is keep a spreadsheet that shows, you know, here's the value of the stock, here's the strike price on the option, and any time that difference will still net you an 8 to 10% rate of return even after you pay Uncle Sam, that's when you know the trigger points are starting to hit and you should start diversifying. So if you're in your 50s, you need to, you know, start getting to the point where less than 5 to 10% of your portfolio is in your company options. Um, and that number is a little lower in your 30s. You can do 15% if you're really super aggressive because you've got time to, to deal with the fact of you know, if the company goes upside down and your options are worthless, you've got time to make that up. And the way to look at it is your company, they already pay for your house, your car. They're already such a big portion of your, your income and your, your light daily costs that you can't have all your eggs in that one basket. Because sometimes companies do fail. Uh, WorldCom comes to mind, Enron comes to mind, so be careful on stock options. Well, yeah, and, and then also we're starting to see incentive stock options being granted again. Um, that's one of those, we saw a lot of those in 1998, 1999, where people exercise them, and the idea with incentive stock options, if you if they've longer than two years from grant or one year since you've exercised them, if you exercise and hold them, you can eventually get qualified for capital gains treatment. But they're subject to AMT, so what happens is people... If they exercise too late in the year and they try to hold them, they could exercise late in one year, owe a huge AMT tax, and the company fails the next year, and you can't go bankrupt with Uncle Sam. You just can't. Um, so if you're doing incentive stock options, you've really got to plan very carefully for those, run a lot of models, realize the AMT tax, and if you're going to exercise and hold them, you've got to do it real early in the year, like the first few weeks of January, so that you have a whole year to be able to avoid the AMT 
um, by selling them early. It helps having a financial planner run the scenario for you or your own accountant run some scenarios for you? You've you got to have both. Okay. I mean, because to run those different scenarios, you need the you know pretty extensive tax software. And so the financial planner can come up with the strategies and the what-if scenarios, and then you have the CPA or the enrolled agent run it through the models based on all the other issues, which is you know, how much property taxes you pay can also throw you into AMT, how many other deductions can throw you into AMT. There's, there's, there's a lot of issues. Managing your tax load is just as important as managing your insurance and your investments. Uh, anything else that we need to know about stock options? Well, then it kind of goes into ESPPs, which is the same deal. Um, the taxation is a little bit different, but what I tell people is if, again, they're they're over 10% in their, their company stock and they're still buying the ESPPs for the discount, which makes sense financially in most, in most good companies, um, once those are two years old, make sure you have a plan once they reach that two-year period, which is the qualifying date for most plans that are 18 months to two years, Start selling those systematically and reinvesting them into something else. And again, 2012, capital gains tax 15%. 2013, 20% or higher. Right. So the tax laws change on a regular basis. People need to be aware of that. Right. Especially, uh, you know, when you're sitting on a large sum of money. It's funny. I used to think of stock options as that person's sexy because you got stock options. Mm-hmm. The early 2000s and 90s were very good to say that you had stock options. Lots of option grants and free BMWs back then. Absolutely. A lot of people would convert and go and splurge on a car, which is something you should avoid doing because cars are depreciating assets. Uh, any final thoughts? Um, no, just the idea of treating it as income. And, and don't be afraid of taxes. Taxes are going to be there if it's a success, successful situation. So, um you pay taxes when you have success, and you just have to plan to pay the least amount of taxes, but still keep the most amount of your net worth. I would argue that the estate tax is not success. <laughs> the estate? You die, you owe tax. But then again, you were successful in your life, so I see what you're saying. That's Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. God, it's huge is a phrase that you look at and say, I can't believe Oprah Winfrey took in $165 million in the last year. Wow. Number two, Britney Spears showing you the value of expanding your career in different directions. She pulled in $58 million. She gets $15 million from doing the show The X Factor. How did she pull in another $43 million? Taylor Swift. Marry me. She comes in at $57 million in revenue, 22 years old, youngest person on the list. Her Speak Now tour, her songs on the Hunger Games soundtrack. She's set to release her new album, Red, this month. Number four on the spot, Rihanna and Ellen DeGeneres. That's pretty impressive, Ellen DeGeneres. Social media presence, talk show host. She's making a play for Oprah Winfrey's empire. She's expanded her brand to include launching talk shows like Bethany Frankel. She's the face of J.C. Penney's. Lady Gaga. Gaga. La, la, la. Named after Radio Goo Goo, Radio Gaga by Queen. She's on the list at $52 million. Good God, right? That's a huge number. Well, doesn't speak for uh, America terribly well. It is what it is. Hey, come meet me tomorrow night, Black Wednesday. You can learn more about it at kdow.biz. I'll be in Los Gatos tomorrow night. You'll subscribe like your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Rob 516. 
800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So I just bought six tickets, VIP tickets for the killers, New Year's Eve. I believe in, if you have money, buy experiences. I don't think you have to have money to buy experiences. I just came back from four days without a cell phone. A little technology deprivation. Needed it badly. Uh, I'm not a hunter. Don't pretend to be. Uh, got a little bit leaner out in the woods because I don't hunt. But uh, very, very nice. Very, very nice to experience both sides of it. I think those of you who have money should travel, see the world, see experiences, concerts, or experiences that you can't buy, but you have to buy if you want to experience. Like, I once got tickets for you two back when I was a schlub, pre-schlub. I once got tickets for you two, and I looked at the tickets that I just got on Ticketmaster. They just went on sale at 10 o'clock, and I got them, like, at 10.02. Last row, behind the stage, like... I didn't even see a monitor that saw Bono, 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 Bono. So that was a bad concert experience to throw down concert money and not get to see the art. Uh, I believe in the arts. I believe in museums. You have a special time coming up in the Bay Area with baseball. In October. It's exciting. The Oakland A's. Don't sell out. And now you feel bad for. The franchise. How can you not sell out and make the playoffs? Well you have the worst owner in baseball. And you get the other side of it. The Washington Nationals. They haven't been to a playoff game in like 70 years in Washington. They had to live in the shadow of the Baltimore Orioles for years and years and years and years, and they finally steal a team from Canada, which there is some irony in that. America's pastime. The Expos were awful. In three short years, the Nationals have gone from laughing stock to best in baseball. It should be a good playoffs. It should be a good experience. It's uh, something I love about sports. You know, at one point in time, we didn't think men could run the four-minute mile. And then when you see it happen from someone in a country like South Africa, where the government has held down the people for so many years, it's something, it's, it's an experience. You go back to the Olympics in 1933, 34. Hitler's invaded. The war's going on. Our track team was a bunch of American Jews. And they weren't allowed to race. So Jesse Owens and some African Americans did the races. And they kicked butt. It's an experience. Now, is that one that I wish I could have lived through? I do. But you never know what you're going to get, so spend money when you have it. And if you don't have it, make your own experiences. 
It's not that hard to do. Measure of U.S. home prices jumps most in six years, up 4.6%. Love it. Markets are trading higher. I'm digging that because this is one of those years where it's like almost a nanny, nanny, boo-boo. Everyone sees what's wrong with the economy. Something that should be working right now is like gold. It should be rocking and rolling. The cost of negative surprises are increasing. There's no guarantees in life except for death, taxes. Woman's going to break your heart. Chicago Cubs aren't going to win the World Series. But one guarantee that you can start noticing is as the market goes higher, what if something goes wrong? We go lower, faster, and harder. SP 500 sitting near multi-year highs for the valuation. So will the PE continue to expand? It seems the only thing priced in the market are positive outcomes for all known risks, which is fine. China's slowing. Fourth quarter earnings still projected to increase 10%. Like, that's kind of weird. U.S. economy barely growing at 1%. Ben Bernanke came out yesterday late in the afternoon and said, like, hey, we need to sober up. He didn't quite say that. But he's kind of saying, put the party punch down. Like, please. The negative to positive pre-announcement ratio stands at 4.3 in the third quarter. That's the weakest since the third quarter of 2001. Negative guidance be damned. Damn the torpedoes. The SP 500 rose a whopping 5.8% in the third quarter. We are hearing from cliff to compromise conversations. What's going to happen with the fiscal cliff? Mandated spending cutbacks in a bevy of other potential tax hikes. All loosely resting there. On one hand, we want to cut back spending. On the other hand, we don't want to cut back spending because it slows our economy. Recession is thy name. It's looking at us if we go over that fiscal cliff and a compromise is not struck. Geopolitical risk seems high. The Iranians, the Iranians, not the Iranians. There is no I in Iran. The Iranians have invaded the French embassy. Mad at another Islamic film. You know, I've seen some pretty bad movies in my time that haven't made me want to go and raid an embassy, if you know what I'm saying. Wild Wild West was at Will Smith. Where were the riots after that? U.S. equity market. Um, terrific showing. I would be very cautious with high beta stocks right now. Overweighting dividend-paying stocks with strong balance sheet. It allows for dividend growth in any environment. Trimming positions in big gainers with cyclical sectors. Start looking more defensive. Raise a little cash when you can. Teach calls in there. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I need people to make YouTube videos for me. I just need three or four of you to like blowing, lovingly sweet what, why I have changed your life. Why you listen to the show. I just did a pretty interesting segment. I told you the negatives. I think that's interesting. Chipotle getting smoked today. Basically, uh, someone's come out and said, hey, I'm shorting the stock. 
Chipotle Mexican Grill, ticker symbol CMG. Love the experience. Is the stock too rich? Smoke Chipotle, right? Stock's gone from 450, it's all-time high, 442, down now to 298. If you liked it at 442, do you love it at 298? It's P.E. is 36 times earnings. They make, keep in mind, burritos. They don't have burrito 2.0 coming out. Now, again, it's healthier burritos than some places. It's certainly healthier food than McDonald's, which, for the record, was pretty surreal when you saw Tim Cook on Friday issue that Appleology, where he said, go use other people's products like Google's Maps. Put them on our homepage. Our maps stink. That'd be like Chipotle saying, hey, we had a bad day. Go go to McDonald's. You'll never hear it, right? So Chipotle's down. It's trading at PE of 27 times next year's earnings. Look, I wouldn't own my mother at 27 times next year's earnings. Am I intrigued by it? I like that some risk is coming out of it. I like the product. I like when I go in, I get more rice than the guy in front of me or the guy behind me because people know me. I'm kind of a big deal. Einhorn Einhorn basically said, it's got a nosebleed valuation. Like Rob Black would sit in that valuation. It's way too high. It's got labor issues. It's got other problems, including, but not limited to. And I never thought I would say this in my life. A resurgent Taco Bell. Right? Are you with me? Or are you against me? So one thing that he said was too high of a valuation. Too high nosebleed valuation. So Chipotle down 5.3% today. It's a great story. Let's go to Paul in San Jose. Hi, hi Rob. Good morning. Thank Good morning. You. Go ahead. Hi, Paul. Uh, you know, I, I love your show because you you put it in a completely different perspective than any other financial program, so it's fun to listen to. Um, I had a question to you about BULs as an investment strategy. Uh, you know, um, one wants to invest in a market, but there's a downside, and there are these products which sound to be too good to be true. You know, the variable index insurance products, which basically invest in the stock market but have a ceiling and a flow. I'll talk about variable life uh, annuities. I'll talk about them in the next break, Paul. I'm running out of time here, so thanks for the call. Um, One thing I'll tell you is stay away from them. I'll tell you why when we come off break. You do not want variable annuities in any way, shape, or form. You do not want insurance to act like an investment, and I'll tell you why coming up in the next segment. You're with Rob Black and your money. Don't forget to be out and about, in a boot, as my Canadian friends would say, at Plate Chill Restaurant tomorrow night, Los Gatos, from 5 to 7, 5 to 7. I'd love to see you. I would adore a chance to see you. Um, 5 to 7, Plate Chill Restaurant in Los Gatos. Learn more at kdow.biz. Get a podcast of the show while you're there as well. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. What's on your financial mind, as I like to say? We had a caller ask about variable annuities, and they're typically sold by people who work at insurance companies. They promise all the upside. They never mention any of the negative sides. 
They are called safe. They're marketed as all the upside, none of the downside. Thanks to commissions of 5% or more, sales variable annuities have soared over the last decade. They could be as high as 9% I've seen. The truth is annuities only make sense for a very small fraction of the population. And if you're going to use one, use one like Emeritus. They are the low-cost leader, low-commission, low-fees. The rest of us should be buying plain old mutual funds. Now, you get that freaky little cousin in your family who gets his first job selling financial products. He doesn't know what he's doing. He hits you up. He says, hey, I got a great idea. Gives you all the upside of the stock market with none of the downside. It's tax-deferred investment vehicles. And you've probably heard tax-deferred investment vehicles are good. And it's got an insurance contract that protects you from loss in capital. Thanks to that insurance wrapper, earnings inside the annuity grow tax-deferred, and the account isn't subject to annual contribution limits like those on other favored vehicles, like IRAs and 401ks. You can check, pick from a menu of mutual funds, which in the variable annuity world are known as sub-accounts. You can make withdrawals after the age of 59 and a half, taxed as income. So there you go. That's one of the first flaws, taxed as income. Variable annuities are notorious for fees they charge. That's the second flaw. The average annual expense on a variable annuity sub-account is typically more than a full percentage point higher than any open-ended mutual fund. Unfortunately, variable annuity fees don't stop there. A lot of variable annuities act like uh, B shares. So you pay a commission for ongoing fees. So not only do you pay a commission to buy it, you also pay a commission to continue to hold it. The death benefit guarantees that your account will hold a certain value should you die before the annuity payments begin. But think about this. Do you know where the death benefit comes from? You pay for it. And as you get older, the cost to have life insurance is stepped up. And at some point in time, the death benefit will likely expire, typically around 75 years old, as the average American lives 75 years old. Women live longer. Investors who bought annuities and then died within the next two months probably get their money's worth. But no one else will. Well, all variable annuities come with a standard death benefit. The average price for that death benefit is another 43 basis points. There's surrender fees. There's early withdrawal penalties. There's taxes. Gains of variable annuities are taxed at ordinary income tax rates. For most investors, that's a whole lot higher than the longer-term capital gains tax rate they pay on their long-term mutual funds. It's the lousiest estate planning vehicle I can think of. There's no getting around the income tax due on annuities. If you die with money remaining on your annuity, your beneficiary inherits all the taxes you've deferred. Compare that to a mutual fund or ETF. This is one of the crappiest products out there. There's reasons that state attorney generals go after people who sell variable annuities. Aggressively. If you have a variable annuity, I would consider switching it to a similar variable annuity with lower cost and lower fees at Emeritus. It sounds like America. It's not. I know you're saying America the band or America the country. I don't know. Just you pick one. Emeritus. A-M-E-R-I-T-A-S is what you want to think about. Hey, tomorrow night I'm going to be handing out a list of dividend stocks that you should consider, especially in case of a down market. Going to be hanging out at Palacio Restaurant from 5 to 7 p.m. in Los Gatos. You can find out more about the event 
by going to kdow.biz. A couple Saturdays from now, I'm doing two events. One of them is wealth preservation, retirement planning. This is a great year to do estate planning. Don't buy variable annuities. Don't buy whole life insurance. Buy the, the, a mutual fund, an index fund that's low cost. Stop paying. Back to it, variable annuities. You're paying for the insurance and the investment. And like the caller said, it sounds too good to be true. It is too good to be true. State attorney generals go against insurance agents all the time on a regular basis. If you need an email explaining to you more about variable annuities, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. I don't know one financial planner that will buy a variable annuity. Again, if you do because you want that guaranteed income in retirement, go with Emeritus. That's what you're thinking. And that could be maybe 15, 20% of your income strategy in retirement. It can't be 100% of it. No way. No way. So you're listening to me, Rob Black. going to be tomorrow night, Palacio in Los Gatos for Black Wednesday from 5 to 7. More information, kdow.biz. Or it can come out a couple Saturdays from now, October 13th. I'm giving up my Saturday. One of these days, it's going to be for the last time ever. Because I just, I don't want to give up my Saturdays. But I'm doing it on October 13th. Wealth preservation retirement planning in the morning. So if you're wealthy, it's a great year to do financial planning. Up to $5 million in exclusions this year from the tax man for dying, the death tax. Michelle C. Lerman will be there. I will be there. I will go over dividend stocks. I will go over the economy. Um, later in the afternoon, wealth, uh, money 101, all things financial. It's more about wealth accumulation. The morning event's about wealth preservation. The afternoon event is about wealth accumulation. Um, and it's going to be at the Radisson Airport in San Jose. Great, easy location to get to. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. We'll take a break here. We'll come back in 22 hours in the Bay Area. We'll come back in 23 hours in Seattle. During that time, if you miss me, you can look me up on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. You can take a look at what I look like at YouTube, Rob Black Show. Um, and that's about all I got for you today. Home prices, positive. Stock market, it's hanging in there. But again, we're starting to get to the point where no one's looking at the potential negatives. That's something very, very important to think about on the Wall Street Business Network. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be considered. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.